Houston, we are go for launch in T-minus 30 seconds. Every day I become a better operator, whatever it is, and it happens. Why? Because I don't take time off. We are green on all engines, sir. I only knew one way, and I knew the right way. Initiating launch countdown. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 3, 2, 1. The Service Rocket Podcast has good liftoff. Welcome to the Service Rocket Podcast, hosted by Victor, the Rocket Man Rancor. Please enjoy the ride. All right, listeners, welcome to the Service Rocket Podcast, episode number five. I'm your host, Victor Rancor. Today, I got an exciting guest. Uh, we stepped out of the HVAC field and we're stepping over into a new trade, uh, which is plumbing. I got one of my guests on here. He's another young entrepreneur. He's crushing it in the plumbing game here in Southern California, and he's got a wild story to tell. He said he's going to tell me the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between from starting this business 12 years ago to growing it to where it is now, a multi-million dollar plumbing company um, here in Long Beach, California. Mark, welcome to the episode, man. Guys, thank you, uh, Victor. Big fan of watching you grow over the last four years. Um, scared the shit out of me seeing you come out of nowhere and literally expand and just conquer in a, a very close neighboring market um you know i've been around 12 years and to see what you have been doing and contributing to the uh the industry right not just orange county but watching everything that you've done it's i'm blown away i'm very impressed and proud to see you know how you can transform uh, an industry literally within a very short amount of time yeah, man, it's been exciting. Obviously, I still remember because when I first started my business, Yelp was big for me, right? Yelp was big for my business. And, and I, well, you're actually, I did call you guys one time to fix a plumbing thing. You guys couldn't show up on time. So <laughs> it was the day before Super Bowl. I had an issue and I, and that was the day I decided to become a plumber and started having a plumbing division is because I called like 12 plumbers and nobody wanted to come out. And the guy that finally came out, I still remember it. It was, uh, it was Coast, Coast Plumbing or something like that. The guy comes out and he comes out to my house, gets in there, shows up late, looks sloppy, white trucks. They only have like the little lettering on the trucks. shows up and he comes to my house and he looks at it and he's like, Hey, this is what's going on. And I was like, okay, cool. Can you get me a price? So he goes out to his truck and he goes out to his truck to get me a price. And he comes back in and he's got a napkin. Okay. On the napkin, he wrote on the napkin, what needs to be done and how much he would charge for it. And then he says, okay, but you know, this is expensive. Let me, you know, this is all you need to do. Go to Home Depot and get this, this, and this, and you can do it yourself. And I'm like, dude, I don't want to do this. I didn't call you to fix my, sh- my shit myself. Mm-hmm. And, and this, is, this is some bullshit, right? So I told him, like, no, I need you to fix it. So finally, he ends up fixing it. And I, at that day, I'm like, dude, I got to start a plumbing company. But that's, another, that's a whole other story. But I still remember when I first started out, Yelp was like, hey, that's how I got my leads, that's how I got my customers. Who's the big dog on Yelp? And I'd go through and Prodigy. Prodigy was up top, and you guys are still crush it. Five star. You guys over a thousand reviews, right? We're pushing close to like fourteen hundred. Fourteen hundred yeah. reviews at a five star on Yelp. Which, if you guys know anything about Yelp, you know you got to get about three thousand to be able to get fourteen hundred. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they they have the on recommended. Yep. Uh, this guy's plumbing company's crushing it, and and as you know, if you want to be priced right and be able to stay in business, it's really difficult to get the good reviews. So you want to talk about how much effort and time you put into that because i mean it's impressive i thank you i i I try to do five-star service and even then they they don't call it fucking yelp for no reason yeah uh god well i'll kind of take it back to the beginning uh 12 years ago i didn't know squat about 
business. I'm a plumber, you know, I know how to be very nice to people, you know, and I was kind of forced into starting my own business during the last recession. Uh, unemployed, had a baby on the way, or the wife did, and, and it's like, oh shit, what am I gonna do? I'm living in Southgate, if you guys know where that's at, it's kind of, you know. He, he, what do you say, he lived in the hood? Uh, yeah, I'm from he, the hood. He's a ghetto kid, huh? Yeah, ghetto white boy. You know, <laughs> I've seen Miklo, that's the, I grew up with the name Miklo, so it's, you know, it's real stuff. Um, but yeah, just, you know, saying, I don't know any shit about marketing, I know nothing about structuring building process scaling nothing right so it was more like make cheap my 50 bucks to my name make cheap business cards and start throwing them at every single human being that i ever had a pulse and uh you keep that hustle you know and you got nothing to fall back on you know it's like shit i gotta change my life i gotta change my family's future you know and get them out of the hood and get them out of you know living on food you know people's blow-up mattresses you know literally i was homeless one day to the next with a baby at this point so, the baby's born and so let's, let's circle back how old are you now mark uh 37 37 years old so 12 years ago you were 25 years old yeah and how old was your baby at that time uh she, by the time she was born in 2011 so yeah I started in, in 10, you know, building, you know, started. along the way. So at that time, you know, kind of similar to me, right? Like when my daughter was born, I was living in a, in a party house. Me and my wife were, yeah. we had a room in a house, right? Yeah. And everybody else around us was partying and doing wild shit. Yeah. So similar, right? But it sounds like, you know, at that point, you were just kind of hopping, you know, couch to couch. How did you, you know, even before that, how did you end up there, right? Like you're 25 years old, living in California, good looking dude, you know, nice. seem, you know, seem like you got, you're on the up and up. How does, how did, how did you end up? What's, what's the real story behind that? Let's circle back before that, you know, and then obviously let's figure out where you even picked up plumbing. Like you yeah. don't just start, you know, playing with shit every day, yeah. you know? Uh, growing up, uh, having no guidance, no, you know, family really structured yeah. dynamic. It was more, you know, had a stepdad that hated you. I was a punk rock kid growing up in the hood and, you know, we're degenerate party animals, you know, where everybody's drinking. I stayed out of the drugs. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, it was more uh, like the, the, the dangerous lifestyle, the, you know, in the punk rock world, it's, it's just a lot of violence, a lot of, uh, you know, crazy shit. And, you know, I was like, I'm going to be, a, you know, playing bands my whole life. And my dad gave me one bit of advice. My dad taught me, gave me three big things in life. The other two I don't remember, but <laughs> the one was be a plumber. If music doesn't work out, get into something that you're going to fall back on. Um, and that could take care of you very well, you know. And I was like, fuck it, whatever. I'm like, I went to the trade school and I asked these two main questions to the counselor. I said, uh, who makes the most money out of all these guys? And this was a statistic, nation statistic, you know, over a decade ago, 15 years ago. And he goes, uh, plumbers are averaging the highest annual income. And I'm like, cool, next to HVAC, and it'll go up and down, right? And I go, who's the most recession-proof or economic, like, uh, you know, Great Depression-type crap? Yeah, because you're coming out of the recession. Yeah, yeah. and uh, he goes, plumbers. And I'm like, sign me up. Like, I don't know what, I knew Mario and Luigi were plumbers. <laughs> yeah. That was all the, the only extent of a plumber I knew. And, you know, so I went to trade school and I finished and I started just working as a plumber. I fell out of music for, you know, after I got busy in plumbing and um, just stuck with it, you know, and that was. Hey,
guys. I hope you guys are enjoying the Service Rocket podcast. This is your host, Victor Rancor. Exciting news, we had some tickets open up for the Service Rocket Growth Summit. It's October 20th through 22nd at Resort World Las Vegas. You're gonna wanna be there. We have some of the best owners, operators, trainers, and motivators in the country all in one place coming together to help you guys grow your business, grow your sales, and hopefully grow in life. So if you haven't got a chance yet, go to servicerocketnetwork.com. Go ahead and get signed up today. Cannot wait to see you guys in Vegas. How, how hard was it, obviously, you know, you know, I've been there too, you know, party life, doing wild shit and, you know, some stuff I could talk about on this podcast, the other stuff you don't have to ask me in person, you know what I mean? But, <laughs> you know, some things that we did back in the day and, and it's hard, man. It's hard going from being someone like that that's around a lot of guys that have no ambition and no goals. What what sparked you to actually have a little bit of ambition? Because I still got my, I have some of my friends, man, you know, it's 10 years later, these guys are still doing the same shit, whether they, or they might be addicted to drugs or yeah. whatever it is. And it, it's pretty sad to see, but you were able to step away from that. How, what was that transition like? How was that, that conversation internally with yourself, you know? Yeah, uh, the lifestyle was very violent and it was very dangerous. So I left it for so many years. Um, I stuck in plumbing and then that's when I started the family, right? When I had that baby on the way and coming out of that kind of environment or the lifestyle, I was like, dude, I gotta, I can't repeat my life history, you know, generational poverty and the chaos and addictions and all that shit. And I'm like, I gotta get something together, you know. I don't want to be the statistic, so I, um, you know, having that baby is what changed my whole course of my future, where we're at today. And, uh, you know, that's what's like, dude, start, start a business, start hustling, you know, just create the life that you always dreamt of for that kid give them that opportunity that i didn't have and my wife didn't grow up with and all that stuff and um yeah it just literally became my new my new uh my why you know being uh, having the big purpose so when you when you start changing and start doing stuff like that you know and i've been like i said i've been there you know how hard was it to separate from your friends or you want to talk about yeah. what you had to do to to get out of that lifestyle because it's it's not easy man these are people you grew up with yeah. you ran the streets with you did all the stuff you caused trouble these are your friends dude and yeah. and it's the hardest part is separating that hey dude i still love you yeah. but i can't be fucking around oh, you oh yeah it my it, my my best friends and we were tight you know crew and they were like dude you fucking sold out you ditched us you know and you're not coming around the parties and you're not getting in the fights and the rumbles and backing us up and all that stuff. I'm like, I'm tired of getting shot at. I'm tired of getting fucking escaping my life every other weekend, you know, with all this stuff. And when you, when you leave that group, it's the same mindset of leaving gangs, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, these, it's hard for them to, to understand it, you know, and, and they're mad at you, but I'm like, dude, I will never stop loving you because you'll always be my, my best friend, my my blood, you know? Um, but when people start dying, people start getting strung out on the streets and they're still homeless or going to prison and all that stuff, you know, and a decade later, I'm only talking to a handful of these guys, you know? And and they're like, dude, I understand why you left or why you changed. And, and it was hard because you don't want to miss that exciting party it's, life it's a whole different it's a whole different life man and going in you know clocking in and clocking out i guess even if you're a business owner you're still going in and out every day you can go home at night and you have the choice right you can still you know and i've been there and, and it causes a, a bad family dynamic too because like even in the beginning i was still fighting back 
going back to the old lifestyles to like my friend, my friends, I'll go hang out with my one friend and then all of a sudden we fucking party all night and I yeah. feel like shit. And then my wife's kicking me in the face, you know, yeah. it's like, Hey, get up asshole. You got to go change some <laughs> diapers this morning. And it beats you up right now, but it's so hard to separate because your friends are like, and your friends are always like, well, you're going to be back anyways. Like you're going to fuck that job. You, you don't need that. Like what, why do you, why are you working so hard? Yeah. You know, you're not going to make anything of yourselves. And, and I got the same thing from my friends. And, you know, I think now, I think the biggest thing for me is like change. I changed my circle a lot. Like it sucks. Like it's hard. Even my, cause a lot of my family, my family grew up in Baldwin park, Baldwin park. We were the only, we we're the only white family in the hood. Okay. Yeah. And I remember my house getting shot at drive-bys. My uncles are drug dealers. And that's what I grew up around my whole life. Like my mom was the oldest of eight and I was like pretty much the youngest of eight. Cause I was the oldest grandkid mm -hmm. or the young oldest nephew. Yeah. So I ran with all my uncles and I got to watch what they had, you know, just the other day, it's, it's crazy. Cause I still have to deal with these guys. I love my uncles to death, love them from a distance for the most part, you know, hang out with them here and there, but I can't hang out. Cause they're always asking me for something. Yeah. The other day I'm having a, you know, getting ready to have my little nephew's birthday party. We're getting cleaning up my shop. We're gonna have the birthday party yeah. here. All of a sudden this truck pulls up. I'm like, dude, why is this guy pulling into my driveway? Who is this guy tattooed up and pulls in beat up truck, towing a trailer, pulls up and he gets out and he starts walking towards me. I'm like, who the fuck is this dude? And sure enough, it was one of my uncle's friends that grew up with us in the hood. He was like, we called him Uncle Jack. And he's yeah. walking up and, you know, he's 10 years later. He's been in and out of prison. He's, you know, selling drugs, just tattooed up. Mm. And now he's out here and he's like, he's like, you know, asking me for shit. And I'm like, fuck, dude. I like, it was almost like a dare commercial. You ever seen a dare commercial? Like yeah. that, that is a motherfucking reason not to be on drugs. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but it's, it's hard to separate because it's still like, I still love the guy. Like I still know Jack from when I was a kid, yeah. but it's like, dude, like you got to get the fuck out of here. This isn't the lifestyle I live anymore. And, and I think that's gotta be a difficult position. So yeah, you're 25. You yeah. just got out of trade school. How, or how long did you work for another company? Uh, or? Yeah, I went from uh, just some old company in uh, Glendale. I don't think they're around anymore. There's like Pick Red and USA Services. That was the first company out of trade school I went to. And when I was in trade school, everybody's like, go anywhere except Mike Diamond, right? Yeah. And I'm like, cool. Where's bad reputation and all that stuff? So they hired me. I didn't know what the hell I was doing out of trade school, so I, I, I ended up leaving. I'm like, I need something close to home. And uh, all of the companies are like, no, you're too young and you look, you know, and you don't have the experience. So by, uh, I called Diamond because I'm like, I need a job. And they were the one company that, that hired me. <laughs> and I was like, shit, but I got to go work, you know? So I, yeah. made it, I made it work. I got my experience in sales and the trade and understanding, you know, the service side of the business. It was a great experience. Um, taught me a lot of things that I still you know, incorporate today with my business. Um, and, well, and yeah. I think that's, that's a, you know, obviously we can talk about, you know, everyone they bashes it because they, those guys charge too much, right? Sure. Or they're ripping people off. Yeah. And it's like, you got to at least got to see what, what can be charged and what the possibility is. Cause like the same thing with me, I went to service champions. And I still remember, I didn't know shit about HVAC. I didn't like, I didn't know anything. I got in the field. All I knew was what service champions taught me. Sure. Go do the tune up and go yeah. with the smile on your face and do mm -hmm. all these things. And, and I didn't realize how hated service champions was in the trades because obviously they call everybody ripoffs. And I remember I was pulling in this neighborhood one time, these guys are doing installs and I, I just parked across the street and this guy's like, Hey, you fucking rip off. Why don't you get the fuck out of here? Oh you're robbing God. people. I'm like, I'm just trying to do my tune up, bro. I don't know who the fuck you're talking yeah. about. And I didn't realize at that point that we were the most expensive on the market yeah. and people were giving us shit. So yeah. I, I get it. So Mike, you know, Mike Diamond, if you guys don't know who Mike Diamond is, he's the biggest plumber here in Southern California, yeah. you know, all the radio ads and all that stuff. And there he makes the money, right? He's, he's the, he's the big time guy here. 
He used to be, was it George Brazil back Brazil, then? Brazil, yeah. He bought out Brazil many years ago. In that. Yeah, he bought out old George Brazil. And then now, you know, Mike Diamond, you know, became one of the biggest plumbers. And he's still, they're still are they still pretty they're big? S- they're still around. I think they're kind of shrinking quite a bit. But, um, yeah. They're, they're, they're still hanging on <laughs> well you got so you know i think a lot of guys they don't they don't get the opportunity to work inside of an organization that's a sales organization and i think like a lot of tradesmen and you know people that are like oh you guys are sales you just worried about sales yes that's what drives a business like you have to your business you're you're supposed to be i always tell my people i'm a sales and marketing company that happens to do hvac right. and if you don't have the sales and marketing down you're never going to have the set you're never going to have a business to be able to be around long enough to to enjoy so absolutely you know for guys that are bashing people for charging a certain price you have to charge a certain price like for me i offer my employees so many benefits so many things that work here i give them high pay they can they can buy like i have employees buying houses buying cars and buying all mm-hmm. the stuff most companies don't allow that because they don't have enough sales. They don't have enough money coming in to be able to support a, a lifestyle like that. So I think that's probably a big part of your story. Yeah. But secondly, so you're 25 years old. You said you're living on air mattresses. Yeah, man. I, I had a fallout with the family where I was living at home. I brought my wife. She's from Wisconsin. Right? Oh, nice. And so she's new to California. She's like, what the fuck she, is this? Dude, so she goes and she she's... Uh, She's li- she's living in Hermosa Beach, right on the Strand. Literally, the front door was like the parking lot to the the strip. You know, the Sharkies and all the the fun yeah. bars. And I'm like, holy crap! She gets pregnant. I'm like, I lose my job. And then I'm like, dude, the recession. I'm like, nobody's hiring. I have to start my own business. And I remember telling her, I'm like, I'm sorry in advance because this is gonna take a lot of my effort. And a lot from you to be able to support me, you know, being gone literally seven days a week, 15 hour days and whatever it took to put food on our table and build our, you know, livelihood. Um, yeah, it was it was a challenge. But yeah, so I, I told her, I said, hey, uh, we're going to move to my mom's house in Southgate. She's like, OK, where's that? You know, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> and talk about it like a culture shock. She's like, I don't know where I'm at, but OK, cool. She's like, I'm running. She's pregnant. I'm running down the, the river. I'm like, dude, I don't have no rivers out here. Where the fuck are you? She's like, uh, I don't know, but I'm running on a riverbed. And, uh, and I'm like, dude, get out of there. Where what? are you? <laughs> oh, I see a street sign that says, like, Rosecrans or Alondra. I'm like, bro, you're in Compton. Like, I'm from the hood. But I'm like, go back home, please. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you don't belong there. Like, you know, a lot of people don't, they don't realize, like, the, you know, those areas, man, like I remember being a kid and we go down to the corner store and shit. Like oh, yeah. we it wasn't it wasn't like you couldn't just walk down the street and, and, and fucking get away with shit. I used to get I remember we get shaked down. I I remember one time I got my bike taken from me. So my uncles were all, like I said, they were gang members and they yeah. were all drug dealers and they were known in the neighborhood. Like we were the fucking crazy white kids, okay? Yeah. And and I remember I, I, one of these kids fucking jacked my bike, dude. Mm. And I went to my Uncle John. My Uncle John was the oldest and he was he he's done some bad shit in his life and yeah. I told my uncle john i'm crying i'm like dude i need my bike and he's like all right let me like let me figure it out and you know back then there's no cell phones and shit so you know he went to somebody went to somebody and yep. next thing i know somebody's just getting his ass beat in the street <laughs> and you know he's getting his fucking ass beat and then 10 minutes later he's walking back with the bike <laughs> and i was like was this yours yeah he's like that, that's the one right there so you know it's a different lifestyle than most people are used to and especially i mean it sounds like you were pretty deep into it uh yeah i mean i i I, I can't. I'm never gonna say a part of anything, but yeah. um, family all day long connected, yeah. and like you said, you know, if if <laughs> people were the the cartel stuff, the mafia stuff is so real, and like 
you know, uncle's gone for 10 years. He got popped with, you know, moving kilos and, and all that shit. So I've seen all that stuff. Yeah. You know, my dad was a cop. So I don't know who was trying to play who. Say, oh, we got a white boy cop in the family. They're never going to suspect us. And everybody's moving stuff under everybody's nose. And not figured, pun intended, but, you know, and it being around that, you know, and seeing and witnessing people disappearing, people going away for a long time. You know, I was like, dude, and I'm a goofy looking little white kid, you know, and I'm Mexican, but it, it's like, I am not going to go through that. I like, there's yeah. no way. And that fueled a lot of my passion to say, all right, yeah, you could have, you know, messed around when you're a kid getting in some kind of trouble and whatever. But, you know, when I had a kid that changed my whole course to well, be like, it's, it's crazy because you grow up around it. You don't even realize what you're in. Yeah, it's like, don't. I think that was one of the things like, you know, I've been doing a lot of like searching. I'm like, man, I'm looking back and I'm like, man, there was a lot of traumatic shit in my childhood that I didn't even realize that what was going on. We were having a good time. It was fun. And I didn't realize what the, the side party was like, what, yeah. what, all, what did my uncles do? I had no idea what they, oh, what yeah. they were doing all day. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you know, my one uncle, my uncle went to jail for I don't know, five, 10 years, whatever the hell mm-hmm. he went as a kid. And I, I just thought he was just when he went out, he went out of state and I had no idea, yeah. you know, until you start growing up and you're like, dude, that was pretty fucked up to have me around that shit. Oh yeah. So it's, it's a blessing to be where you're at now. So yeah. you started Prodigy Plumbing. This is 2000 and 2010, 2010. Yeah. So 2010, you start Prodigy Plumbing. Where'd you come up with the name? How'd you come up with that? Funny story, a good friend of mine, and he's one of our small uh, other company, local competitors, he was uh, sitting with me in, in, in Hermosa Beach, sitting on a coffee table, we're like scratching our head. Like he started his own little side hustle business and he's like, it's easy, you can do it. And I'm like, dude, if you're saying it's easy and I could do it, I'm like, all right, I guess he gave me some faith, right? So we, we, uh, we sat down on the little coffee table writing names of uh, business names and Everything I came up with was like already reserved to take in, you know, DBAs and all that. And his last one on his list was Prodigy. Oh, and he's like checking out. He's like, dude, it's available. I'm like, fuck, that name's stupid. Like Prodigy. I'm like, what? That, how does that have to do with anything with plumbing? But I was like, eh, whatever. I'm like, let me buy the name, the domain. I'll make it great with what I'm going to do with it. You know, yeah. just like all the bands, like the Beatles. Everybody said that's the stupidest name in the world. Or corn, right? And they become the biggest. And I said, uh, "What? What I'm going to provide?" I mean, look at Gettle. I mean, that's a dumbass name, you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I just said, "Well, I have enough passion and fire to to change and create something very, very powerful, and I'll make the name great." And that's what I, I said. And twelve years later, you know, that part of the the market, and we're we're kicking ass, you know, and these guys are are doing beautiful, beautiful things and very proud. So you start the business day one, just you humping a truck, mm-hmm. humping toilets every single day. Um, kind of talk about the journey through that. Like obviously you started out as a one, one man guy. When was the point that you knew that it was time to start bringing people on or, or things along yeah. those lines? So I, I didn't, like I said, I didn't know nothing about business. All I saw was like, what well, my friend did property management. And I'm like, dude, all I need is one account and they'll start throwing a million calls at me and whatever. So I started knocking on all these management companies. I got one, they started keeping me busy. Then I got two, then I built it up to five. And I was go running seven days a week. My, my average length was three months. 90 oh, days straight, seven days a week. I'm talking Saturday and Sunday. And then I'll take a weekend off after I emotionally, mentally burn out and crash and go drink a bunch of beer and like, 
and then go grind another 90 plus days. Once I realized that um, that wasn't making me any money, because they're like, kid, can you go pop drains for 40 bucks? Or can you do two for 40? And I'm like, no, but yeah, because I had to feed yeah. my family, so I did whatever it took. And I did that for like a couple years and in the beginning. And after I said, I can't do this anymore, I'm not even profitable. I'm losing money. I'm not charging right. I'm, they're overworking yeah. me. I'm dying. I'm never seeing my kid. You know, my uh, first six months of my daughter's life, I didn't see her. I was gone. Right? Yeah, that's rough. Yeah. I was gone. I would feed her at 2 in the morning and just watch her start growing. And that's like real emotional like pain. You're like, oh, my God, dude, and I'm killing. I'm gone all the time. And I'm doing this for you, you know? It's a bittersweet. Yeah. Even though it hurts, you're like, but I'm building an empire for you. And this is what I know how to do. So I did that a couple years. I fired everybody after I was burned out. And I'm like, I can't keep doing this. I fired all my clients, the management companies. I sat on my mom's couch for four months with the baby, you know? Or little, little it's probably the best, now. probably one of the best four months you ever had, man. If you yeah, look back, yeah. I bet you wouldn't trade that four months for yeah. any money, though. No, and uh, I sat like, oh my god, I everything I thought I knew, I built and I worked for it, I let it all go, and now what am I gonna do to start over? You know, my wife thought I was going to work. I, I was like, dude, I'm just like trying to figure out, reinvent myself, and uh, at my mom's house, you know, and just sitting there, I'm watching the kid. <laughs> Was that and, a, was a little depression at that point, or what? What? Let's talk a bit that of a yeah, bit. a bit of like anxiety, a lot of like depression, like holy crap, how am I gonna fill, uh, build a, a future for my kids, or yeah. my daughter and my wife, and she's working now back to work, and and I didn't know what the hell I'm gonna do. So like the anxiety behind that and the guilt that came behind that, like shit, I just let go of my only source of income, and then uh, you know. But I, I was patient, and it, the way it paid off was, you know, one of my friends goes, hey, are you on uh, Yelp? And I'm like, yeah, I have a page I created. I never did anything with it. He goes, uh, I'm hearing a lot of great things from this. You should try looking into it um, and building your page. So I called my 10 COD customers. <laughs> yeah. I think I got like four or five reviews on there. And uh, then I remember my phone started to ring like one day that week. Then... I rinsed and repeated this process. I told that customer, please write a review, I'll give you a discount. And every single buddy, I was very consistent and persistent with it. Um, and you know, next week, two phone calls a week, then it turned into five, then it turned into every, you know two a day, then literally um, it was going, my phone was going off like nonstop every single day, booking five jobs you know, plus a day getting 40 50 phone calls a day and i'm here you know dispatching scheduling and doing service yeah and from that point it when, once i knew it was very very consistent i was like okay now i could bring another person in and um you know that guy's still with me 10 years you know later after i discovered yelp well that's i mean that's obviously a testament to being a good leader right so you know that you know like you start getting to the point like i remember i started my business and then i've been through a lot of employees and i don't think i was in a when i started i wasn't a leader right like i was i knew how to start a business i knew how to do things but the sign of a leader is when people start staying they want to be around they want to be part of what you're doing and, and i have someone there for 10 years is a testament to to you what you've done so that's pretty impressive like now I'm getting the guys where they've been here for three or four or three, three and a half years. And I'm like, okay, now I'm starting to build something cool. Like people mm -hmm. don't want to leave, right? There's not a better, there's not greener. The pasture's not greener on the other side, especially plumbing. Like 
I think that's a hard trade because I think it's like once you learn plumbing, like you feel like you can just go do it yourself, right? Like yeah. you, everyone thinks I can go make all this money. I can go do it myself. So your some your story is kind of similar. So you know to Jordan BB, you know Jordan at all with Ruder Ranger? I've heard of him. Yeah, I've yeah, heard. So he he went through the same thing. He worked he worked for Ken Goodrich and he worked for all these people in Arizona. And I guess like when he got he left, he was, went through like a depression. Just sat there, and his wife was just smacking him around every day. <laughs> That's why he tell he, she's she's the one that got him back. I mean, they they sold that thing for like forty something million after That's three or four years, which is nuts, That's right? Insane. But uh, but yeah, he went through the same thing. He just sat there and kind of thinking what he's going to do, what he's going to do. And he finally just, you know, jumped up and did it. So you talk about Yelp and I know a lot of people on here that probably their heads are probably turning or probably puking right now thinking about the word Yelp, you know what I mean? Just cause it's, it's different, different markets. Yeah. And, and you know, the funny thing is a lot of people are like, Oh, it doesn't work in my market. And so I said, okay, that's cool. Well, you know, I'm in, I'm in 14 different markets now with the companies and we use it in all of them and it works. It's just, you, no one else is doing it in your market. So like, you got to be kind of first to market with it because now obviously everybody in California is on Yelp. Oh, yeah. But when you started, it wasn't a bunch of people. No, it, I was lucky. There was there was probably you know a couple dozen like, like guys in the market. Two reviews, three reviews. Yeah, that, ten reviews, fifteen, and I'm like, dude, I could totally at the pace. I just I see how trends happen very quickly, so I'm like, I could start pumping this and surpass them within a few months, and I just kicked ass doing it. That's, a, that's the same thing. So I talk to a lot of my coaching clients and I'm just like, dude, just start now because guess what? At some point it's going to pick up. There, There's too much money behind it. Google or Yelp ranks pretty high on Google as well. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of power behind it. So if you're in a market where it's like, oh, the, there's nobody else on it. Perfect. That's fucking the gold rush. You're just sitting there waiting for the money because they're going to start putting you in front of a bunch of people. And oh, I got yeah. some fantastic people I use for Yelp. The same thing with me when i started my business that's how i grew my business i before is when i started i put up my yelp page i had no contractor's license barely just got my business license no insurance nothing i was able to put a fucking ad up on yelp yeah. and get calls i remember i got my first one over it's in los alamitos it's right down the street yeah. broken air conditioner went out there sold it for like 10 grand and it was like i was like a week in a business two weeks into business wow. and i'm like oh shit and I did the same thing you did. Yeah. I looked at my competitors and I'm like, the the biggest AC guys near me had like 80 reviews. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm just gonna keep feeding that beast, feeding that beast. And then obviously we went up to like almost 600 before we went down to four and a half, which I'm still pissed. It's hard to get that shit back once it goes down. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, but we still we still feed it. But I, you know, we've, we've switched heavily into into Google. Like that's yeah. where we're, we're about to pass a thousand five stars on Google. And Jeez, that's what we've been amazing. really hammering because Google obviously is king. But yeah. Yelp, if you're starting out a business, it's the best way to get in front of customers, right? The idea is in the beginning, you got to get, you know, if you would have known about Yelp when you're fucking around with property managers, you could have been building this client base because over time, those clients are now becoming, they now need need repipes and drains oh, and all yeah. these other things that could have been oh, happening yeah. over time. So if you guys are in property management, just get the fuck out, man. Just go, just get out of it. It's, it's, it's a trap, you know, it's, yeah. it's a trap. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's same thing with new construction and all this stuff. And, and everybody thinks, oh, I'm making money right now. But you know, when this next economy, this, this economy shifts again, like it's, it's inevitably going to happen. You're going to be there stuck and holding the bag and then you're going to have no contracts. You're going to have no customers to call. And at that point, it's, it's not good. So make sure you are focusing focusing heavily on reviews, focusing heavily on your online presence, and then trying to get to your avatar customers, which should be uh, obviously homeowners, right? So you twelve years in or twelve years ago, you get your get your business, you start doing Yelp, hired your first employee. Yeah. What what um what was the revenue like the first year? You're like hundred thousand, couple hundred. I was thousand? about three. Like when I kicked over to Yelp, it jumped up to about three like 350 somewhere around there and then the next year I went up to about seven and then 
I think another year or so after when I hit my first million. Um, it's all slowly, steadily growing. And uh, Were you yeah. making money at this point or were you still just kind of turning your wheels? I'm turning my wheels. I'm reinvesting. I'm buying just everything that I can get my just you know growing I'm like okay I need machines I need a truck I need uh, uniforms you know whatever uh, I need my first shop you know I worked out of my house for for many years like a lot of us contractors do and um, yeah so it was just a constant you know then I got into lining and trenchless stuff so um, that just you know it's expensive equipment and if you don't know what you're doing you know if you don't have the right people operating the stuff and having that experience it'll cost you so much money so yeah little by little it's just been a constant thing and you know probably 30 40 percent growth every year that's um, pretty that's pretty as solid. far as profit went i never focused on it it was more like let me get the right guys let me keep focusing on the database yeah pumping into yelp and growing that because that back in the day it was free i wasn't paying shit for yelp yeah for many many years and they're like calling me to advertise. And they're like, dude, we've never seen somebody, any contractor get your uh, lead request or however they add. Yeah, that forms, yeah. Yeah, they're like, we've never seen so much action and you're not paying. And then Yelp fucking stuck it to me really bad because I was in 2016, you know, I have probably 15 guys working for me. And uh, I'm, at, I'm in Florida at Tony Robbins <laughs> event. <laughs> And I'm like, and they kept calling me. And I'm like, I don't need to pay you. I'm already number one organically. This is before the paid ads became yeah. a thing. I'm like, why am I going to pay you? And they're like, sign the contract. And I'm like, no. He, that was on a Monday. He calls me on a Wednesday. Mark, sign the contract. I'm like, dude, I just talked to you like yesterday or the day before. No, he goes, yeah, sign, the, sign up. I'm like, why? I'm telling you the exact same thing. No. <laughs> Friday, he calls again. Sorry, Yelp. I hope you guys, if any, this gets wiped off my page, I'll know. No, they'll be but, all right. I, I, I had the uh, one of the top dogs at, at the, from Yelp at the event last year. Yeah. I was talking shit on him on the stage. Yeah. <laughs> it was weird. My ranking went down. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but then Friday, the same conversation happened. I'm like, bro, are you on drugs? <laughs> like, um, now I feel like I'm tripping on some shit because we're having the same conversation. I said, no. Saturday morning, I look at my page and I got about 25 reviews wiped off. I was like, fuck, now they're gonna start fucking with me. And the next, I was like, it's gonna stop. And I had only about 600 reviews. The next day, 10 reviews off. And every single day for about a month and a half, they were at least 10 reviews were getting filtered. That was 2016, 17? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so the same thing happened with uh, Service Champions. Because oh. I was at Service Champions. They were about to pass 2,000 five stars on, uh. on Yelp. And all of a sudden, on recommended, on recommended. They went from 2,000, I think it was over 2,000 yeah. down to under, I remember that. under like 600. Yep. And they went down to like a four star. I remember. And I remember Leland Smith, motherfucker and everybody. He's like... I don't give a fuck what it costs. I'll give you $100,000 a month. I'll give you $200,000 a month. Don't remove my shit. That's exactly. And then, they, then they're like, well, you, because they were using the re other review platform, they were using, um, what's the thing called? Uh, review Buzz. Right. So they used Review Buzz, and Review Buzz we used to be able to post on Google, Yelp, Facebook, and it would, it would switch them, right? Yeah. Or they let the customer choose. Yeah. Well, now they said, well, you no longer can give reviews from a third party. We want you to go. We want your customers to go directly to Yelp, mm. right? 
and that was the turning point of that shit. And then that they wanted to start controlling the ecosystem, right? Yeah. Controlling the ecosystem so they can control the money. So mm -hmm. it's, you know, there's a it's a documentary, the billion dollar bully or something like yeah, that. Yeah, of course. And that and that's exactly what happened. It was like 2016, something like that. 2016, 17. I still yeah. remember Leland coming in just pissed, dude. Yeah, I remember looking at Service Champions because I know they had the most I've ever seen. And I yeah. was I looked, I was like, they're doing it to them too. And after a month, my numbers dropped. My rating went to four and a half. I was, and then my phone stopped, right? like slowed down massively. I'm like, dude, I got all these people I got to take care of. I called Yelp. You're going to fucking laugh. I go, you guys are doing this intentionally. No, it's our algorithm. I know everybody listening has heard the shit. They're fucking algorithm. And, and I'm sure. like, whatever. How much money do you want? Now it's extortion, right? Yeah. How much money do you want? Stop the bleeding. Well, I'm like, what was your fucking contract? Pull it up. Oh, it's a thousand dollars. I'm like a thousand dollars a month. You're gonna fuck me this way, and I said, I'll give you three. Stop fucking taking my shit off, right? And the next day it stopped, and then little by little, I had some of those filtered ones. They start come going back. back, right? And I was like, you bastards, man. You've heard a lot of people here, and whatever. But you know, it is what it is. I mean, it's. I understand it's business. And it's, pay, a, it's pay for play, right? And and that's yeah. that's how. You know, obviously, that's how Google is. That's how anything is. Like, no matter what you say, it's pay for play, right? And and Yelp, they built this monster, which is you know genius, right? Yeah. They yeah. fucking sucked you in, yeah. and they said, okay, well now now you got a little taste. Uh -huh. You know, it's like give them yeah. a little, give them a little taste of what it's gonna be like, and then all of a sudden, oh wait, here you go, taste is gone. What are you gonna do? You're gonna come <laughs> sucking that tit right back. Yeah, right? you're you're gonna go running right back to it, and and you'll pay. It, so. They'll pay, and I pay handsomely. I mean, I'm spending mm -hmm. I don't know how many thousands of dollars a month on Yelp now. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And it's just it is part of doing business. It's you know if you guys yeah. are trying to grow your business and you guys aren't spending money. And you're wondering why the calls ain't coming in. Yeah. Well, there you go, magic. You gotta start spending some cash. Yeah. <laughs> so you built this great business. You know, you've gone through. You know, growing up in you know a, a rough neighborhood. Uh, I know it's rough. I've been there. I've seen it. It's a, it's a mm -hmm. rough neighborhood. You've gone through some probably some traumatic shit, man. Like you've seen some shit that a lot of people will never get to see in their life, and maybe only see it in a movie, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, and, a lot of uh, being carried away in police's officers' arms, and you know just seeing people laid out on the floor, you know, blood baths everywhere and just shit that you don't know what's real and what's not real, you know, because I, I got into, you know, a lot of brain like, yeah, that's work. what I, that's what I kind of what I want to get into. Cause yeah. I mean, obviously you've gone a lot of personal growth, right. Yeah, and yeah. and oh, yeah. I kind of want to touch base on, on the stuff that you're working on now and the, mm -hmm. and the stuff that, you know, you mean you had talked to had talked a little yeah. bit about. So let's, let's kind of jump into that and kind of yeah. where Mark is now. Like, yeah. Uh, uh, going back into like the journey, you know, 12 or early 20s, 23, I got into personal development when I was at my rock bottom. Um, I think if you're spiritual or religious or esoteric, however you look at, view the world, um, you know, when you're ready, things will kind of start appearing at the right time. And got into the personal development journey that kind of prepped me for the mindset for business to be ready to go, you know, hustle. Um, Along the way, I've, I've realized, I'm like, dude, there's still a lot of baggage that I never got help for, you know, that, um, that I still potentially could deal with. You know, most of us have these triggers that bring in old experiences, and then we respond to them in our daily life. Um, and, you know, whether if you're getting, seeing like a psychotherapist or a shrink of sorts, you know, there's that way to deal with things. Um, yeah, but I, I went down this rabbit hole of, of doing personal stuff for myself 
but like through hyp- hypnosis or hypnotherapy and like NLP, you know, work and, and, uh, so for the listeners that don't know what that is, you want to kind of elaborate on, on what, what you're, what yeah. you're talking about. Uh, so, uh, like NLP is neuro linguistic programming. So it's, it's a lot of heavy, uh, like mind work, uh, your unconscious stores every single bit of everything you've ever seen in your life, right? So, and it's really weird. And your brain, your mind will sort every experience that you process yeah. and put it, you know, in the back part of your brain. So understanding this and how you, your behaviors and you respond to a trigger or something, oh, I see this one thing and boom, these memories and emotions kind of pour back into your present state. Um, there's a way to work on these things, you know, to, to break the association with the experience and um, the emotion, right? Or the memory and the emotions. So I, when I heard about this stuff and I said, okay, let me like look into it. I'm like, holy shit, this is like, you know, very deep and very, very powerful with how you can actually uh, grow past certain things that you struggle with, you know? And, um, Everybody's like, what the hell are you doing, Mark? And I'm like, ha! I'm like, I'm digging in on this stuff and, you know, going through the trainings and all that. But yeah. it's created this, uh, like, to be able to talk to people and know where they're struggling with certain things and then be able to kind of, like, work them through with certain exercises. And I call it, it's, if you guys know what, like, um, uh, af- like uh, guided meditations are, you know, and then you're doing, like, power of suggestions and, uh, for certain things to empower people and like in, in a hypnosis state or a trance state and you're literally just doing powerful suggestions to their unconscious in the in a, you know I'm just literally relaxed but I'm hearing everything um, and that's where change is able to start taking effect like a lot of uh, pro big athletes you know Conor McGregor is very well known for him doing this type of work yeah power of visualization you know and um then seeing these guys go out with a mission you know so i and i didn't know it but i've been doing a lot of this stuff for many many years with my team you know doing like hey let's let's do meditation and like a visual visual uh vision casting exercise where you guys can literally see the future that you guys really want and and work you know uh to get there and and literally just start seeing the pep in their step their energy their attitude changes it's contributed to a lot of like the company's success um by doing or thinking this way i guess for many years and 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 like guiding which is which is pretty cool because i mean most most employers are like hey toilet go unclog it hey go unclog the next one and the next one and it sounds like you know and that's you know that's part of a sign of a good leader right is is to get people to you know change the way they think and and to try to better themselves right yeah. and, and that's when you become what they call like a level five leader right so it's a level five leader where it's you know it's not about you you're trying to get these guys what they want and get yeah. their goals and and it's it's pretty impressive that you know you can get people to buy into it because most of the time they're like you dude, go kick rocks yeah. dude I'm, I'm a fucking plumber bro yep. like how how did that conversation come up to employees to where they're like hey i want to be part of it did they was it because they were seeing what was going on with your life and how your life was getting better how, how do you think that related um there's a real special thing uh, when you guys when you talk about like culture and how people will follow the leader, right? Yeah. And because I wasn't the you know born with a silver spoon in my mouth, and I can associate very closely with a lot of our guys. You know, plumbers were 
the second chance at life, I could make real money and not have, you know, I'm a, I came out of prison or I, uh, you know, yeah. got clean or whatever. Um, I come from that, right? And to see the success that we've had, I can, I inspire people by saying, you can do this too. You can change your family dynamic. You can, I've been in those same hoods. I've been through this, the same stuff you've walked through and I've been able to change. And when you can give somebody a hint of light and faith in you know for themselves and and see further into the future they're like dude i want to walk in that direction and you know that's all we do that's different you know because i do care I'm, I'm one of those guys that wears my heart on my sleeve i you know our guys were always hugging each other and you know just yeah. genuinely caring about I think, each other you know and you know obviously there's something that I, that I get within my business and people are like well how how do you get people to buy in right mm -hmm. well first they got to know what's in it for them right they for employees don't know if it's all about you then it's never going to work so you got to figure out what's 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 in it for your employees and you got to sell them on the vision man like it sounds like your guys are all sold on the vision and what they're there for what their purpose is and and okay. if you can get your guys to align on that and, and everybody within your organization mm -hmm. understands what your goals are what their goals are what needs to be done and you're all rowing in the right direction yep is when you'll magic that light switch turns on for your business and it's, oh, and yeah. it's night and day difference. So oh, yeah. that's huge. I mean, that's huge to do that. And when, and then you don't get that very often, especially in a day and age now where it's just numbers, man. Yeah. I feel like a lot of, a lot of companies, they can't figure out whether they're just looking at numbers on mm -hmm. a fucking paper and you got to realize you're dealing with humans. Yeah. These aren't, this isn't, this is especially a plumbing. They ain't going to make a plumbing robot. Dude. It ain't going to happen. You know yeah. what I mean? So like okay. you're going to always be dealing with people. So you got to learn how to be a people person, how to deal with them, how to deal with their emotions. You know, I have certain guys that's like, I, I know their triggers. I had a guy, yeah. you know, he, every, you know, he came, you know, he comes and sells from a great sales guy. Right. But I know every year around August, September, he gets burned out. Mm -hmm. He just like yesterday, I was like, I'm talking to him. He's all right. He's like, he's like, yeah, just, you know, and, and I'm, every year it's the same thing. I'm like, dude, go take a month off. Cause yeah. he makes a bunch of money in the summer. And he's sure. like, he's like, yeah, he's like, I think that's the best thing to do. You know, mm -hmm. you just got to start knowing your people and, and know when to push the buttons and, and pull back and everything yeah. like that. And, so that's, you know, that obviously has led to a lot of your success. Let's talk about what else. I mean, I know that you know, me and you had this conversation and, and how long has it been since you got sober? Oh yeah. Uh, I'm approaching three years in November. Nice. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's been a crazy thing, man. Uh, you know, I've been in and out of, uh, can't say addiction, but abuse and you know drinking alcohol as a kid you know it's, it's in a, it's dude it's what it's a lifestyle that we grew up with and yeah. and it's hard because obviously I, you know i'm a couple months in now and i'm like congrats and i'm looking and i'm just like man and you look back and i look back at my childhood and that's all we yeah. did like that was around drinking and partying and everything since i was a little little kid man yeah. and, and i've watched everybody in my family go through it and everybody that's normal and everywhere we go we drink and mm -hmm. every time someone comes over we're drinking and we don't just drink yeah we motherfucking drink you know what i'm saying <laughs> like we're going to drink drink and we're gonna you know and, it, and it's it gets to that point so what was the the breaking point where it's just like hey I, you know what enough's enough man and and you got to figure out how to work through that and you want to yeah. kind of talk through that a little yeah. bit yeah yeah, so, you know, I've had the highs and lows throughout my life, you know, oh, I'm messing up too much, I'm getting fat, you know, and I'm not happy, then I'll stop for six months, maybe a year, and then go right back to it for a year or two straight, and then, you know, the last straw, I think, that broke the camel's back was, um, I think I pissed the wife off enough. Oh, I'm the best at that shit. So just so you know, <laughs> dude, that should be my fucking, that should be my, my company name. How to piss a wife off. That's be my podcast. Yeah. But, uh, I get and, that. And then I realized I'm like, shit, I, you know, uh, being under the influence, 
I'll do certain things where I'm like, the next day I'm like, fuck, dude, why would you even do this? And I'm like, well, same story. I was drunk. I didn't mean yeah. it. I didn't. It was and, not that. Yeah. Yeah. And then after a point, you know, the wife, I was like, oh, shit, I hurt you, like, emotionally. And I'm very sorry. And that's not, I would never do this intentionally, like, being sober. So, you know, there's a way to, you can factor in grace during those types of situations where, you okay, if you could forgive, then let me show you that that's not who I am. And, you know, if I, I was struggling with a lot of shit for in business, too, and, you know, I got set up by some mob status employees <laughs> and, you know, got screwed, got sued by them. And it was just the worst scenario. I'm talking about high-level criminal professionals that will just set you up, rob you, they'll, they'll sue you, they'll scam you every way possible. After I found out their scams, I let them go. And then, you know, all that came with it. But the pain, the stress, oh, lawyers, they're, they're saying this, they're doing this. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm innocent, but I'm getting nailed to the cross. So, you know, being the good guy, you're like, what do I do? I, how do I deal with my problems? You drink a bunch of beer and try to forget yeah. it. Yeah. And uh, along the, the journey, you know, at that time, it was very painful and rough. And, um, you know, I, then I pissed off the wife and I'm like dude okay I need to get my shit together I need to get stronger I'm gonna put this away and show you that you know this is not who I am and I and also you know being uh, showing a, a sign of, of weakness to your employees because they're like dude those people are trying to kill you and put you out of business and s take everything they can from you so part of it was like my pride and ego saying oh fuck them I'm gonna show them that they're not gonna let they're not gonna destroy me yeah. And so, you know, I quit drinking and, and I came back and I kept kicking ass. We got through all those challenges and um, now we're still scaling. We're still rising up. And I said, this best success is, you know, the revenge is showing someone else success. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, you little, you, you know, these people can't destroy us. And uh, here we are, you know, it's been almost three years and, and we've turned our company around. We've continued to grow, you know, just in every way rebranded we have a beautiful new look and our employees are hitting their personal goals and buying houses and you know i see their success and i'm like okay mark that was a tough decision you had to make to let your those things go and change and, and become stronger to be the leader for your team and your family and i think you know for me obviously it's it's been a short period of time but it's been leading up right like i you know going through it i'm just like man every I just keep falling back and it, it's, it makes you feel almost like a pussy. Like, man, like I can't just fucking stick to something, but I think it got to the point where I just hate it now. Like the thought of the thought of me not being able to be who I want to be. And, and it's been, uh, I mean, just in a couple months, it's changed my whole business. Oh, yeah. Cause my employees are seeing it. I got employees that were drinking every night. Now they don't drink. They're working out. Yeah. You know, I got one of my top sales guys, you know, he's dropped almost 30 pounds in like a month because, you know, I leaned on him and I said, Hey, look, let's do this together. Let's start, oh, yeah. you know, let's start getting our head, you know, getting our shit right. Let's, let's try to become the best yeah. version of ourselves. Oh, and yeah. It's, it's powerful. What, what the leader watching the leader change their life and change how they do business will change how your employees follow. Oh, and yeah. it's, it's created a higher level of respect. It's created a higher level of, um, just, I mean, I guess just experience in the business. Cause I'm myself, right? Like 
if I, I'll go and I'll be normal and I'll have a drink, then I'm done for three days. I'm like yeah. retarded, like yeah. trying to call Same me, here. like don't even call me. I'm just <laughs> out, you know, leave me alone. Yeah. You know? And so it's been, it's been good for me. It's been good for my business. So, I mean, it's pretty, it's cool to see. And obviously it's more, it's fun to be able to talk to other people that have been through the same shit, man. Like, yeah. it sounds like you've been through a it's little life. bit more. You've definitely been through a little bit more than me. It sounds <laughs> like you've been through some really gangster shit, but uh, you know, it's part of it, man. It's part of, it's part of being from California. It's part of being in the LA area. And it's mm -hmm. just, you know, it's just lifestyle. Like we, we live with it and some people don't understand it, but you know, yeah. we've, we've gone through our whole lives like that. And, you know, I still go back, you know, every once in a while I'll go back to the hood and I'm just like, fuck, every time I'm like, how the fuck did we live here, <laughs> dude? Like I drive by my grandparents' old house where we all, we all kind of grew up and mm -hmm. I'm just like, do eight kids were raised in that fucking house. Yeah. And like, this is like run down tweakers everywhere. Yeah. Just like it's, it's, or, you know, I don't like to call them tweakers, but you know, addicted individuals, you know? Yeah. So now we're 12 years later, we're, we're success. What? What would it, what what do you envision the future of, of of you man like what do you what do you like what's your passion Ah uh, well I uh, a few years ago I uh, started playing music again and um, cool story like a, a band that I grew up idolizing as a kid as a teen, high school teenager you know uh, got to play with them you know that's pretty an dope. opportunity came up where it was like hey. I used to play in this band, and I'm like, I know, one of my favorites. I have all your records and shit. And, uh, you know, they, he told me, the bass player goes, dude, I can't go to, on tour in Europe with them. Can you go fill in for me? And I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. Cause wait, wait, you got to go on tour? Yeah. yeah. Let's yeah. talk about that a little bit. Yeah. What was that experience? So, I mean, obviously, you gave up being a musician, right? Your dad, I, your dad pretty much said, give it up yeah. and go become a plumber. I gave it up to, to do, but I said, okay, the business is running the way it needs to for me to leave and, you know, and Mark, go, go, go circle back, you know, what you gave up and lost yeah. along the way for the business and the family. And, you know, once I got that established and, you know, had the opportunity, I was like, bro, this is a bucket list. I'm, yeah, even if we don't do anything more with it, just to go play with all my favorite bands that I grew up listening to and, you know, tour with these guys and That's whatever. And so, you know, I got to do that and I'm still playing gigs with the band. Um, and, you know, just it's fucking crazy. Uh, we have, <laughs> and, and Prodigy has a bunch of rock stars that work in there. That's pretty You know, funny. we got, uh, like, the drummer from TSOL, if you guys know, uh, yeah, from Huntington cool. Beach, and uh, so he works with us, and uh, Did you were you a singer, or do you play guitar? What Me? You do? Yeah. Oh, I do uh, backup vocals and rhythm guitar. Yeah, nice, that's for, pretty dope. Yeah, Union 13, they're from East L.A., the first, like, real big Chicano band that got signed to Epitaph back in the 90s. Um, you know, they were fucking awesome. Rancid produced their first record, so it was like, you know, legit. Um, yeah, so it's it's a, it's an honor to play with these guys, and you know, it's we're past we're all old and past the fame, and you know, like woo yeah. But it's just to be on stage and play those songs and watch everybody go fucking ape shit. Well, I just you know, think it's awesome. cool because you know, obviously, the goal, right? And goal is they had to create a business so you can create the life you want. And yeah. you had to give up the life you you wanted yeah. to create a business so that you can go back and now you get to enjoy it and be in a better position. How many kids do you have now? Uh, two, two yeah. kids. Yeah. How's that? It's awesome, man. I you know I have a my little my oldest is eleven now and my little one's five. And so let's let's talk about that because you got a that's a big gap, yeah, right? Yeah. And your life is in a total different spot for six years later. Yeah. How was it with the second kid? Were you able to be there more? Were you able to spend more time? Let's talk about that a little uh, bit. I, you know, when my second daughter was born, 
I was literally at the hospital and I remember, you know, the wife's in the hospital for a few, four or five days or something. And I remember hustling still, just running out to go yeah. pull permits or do something and then come back and all that stuff. So, you know, the commitment and the sacrifice is like still straight same, up. Yeah. But now I'm, I'm, I made it my kind of a priority to really um, factor in the next season, right? The next decade. Okay, now we're financially stable. Now the company's doing great. Now, Mark, the vision can made it to you know the culture and the vision. Um, go be a dad to them. Like go raise them. Go. Yesterday, I took my little one to soccer practice. To, you know, just started first or five year old. I'm like, dude, this is amazing. You're so dude, it's cute. So much, and, it's so much fun. Huh? Yeah. I, I think that's that's one of the things. Like, I, I, I don't miss the kids' practice. Like, you know, I think that was a, a turning point, too. Because when I first started my business, you know how it is, dude. It's oh, freaking, yeah. you know, leaving the house at 6 in the morning, coming home. Like, I would come home at 11, 12 yeah. o'clock at night because we're doing installs. Yeah. Like, when I first started, I, would, I had to freaking, first I had to figure out how to make the phone ring. The phone ring, I had to answer the phone. Then I had to go run yep. the damn call. Then when mm-hmm. I got there and I had to replace it, I had to come back and install that shit. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we were trying to get shit installed while it, while doing installs, running other service calls yeah. and going back and forth. And yeah. I, I know that grind, man. And I think that was, I knew day one, I didn't want to, I didn't want to do that. I was like, no, I went from, I went from being a sales guy, dude, clean fingers. And, you know, now my, now my hands are dirty. I'm yeah. doing all this shit. And I'm like, dude, I don't want to do this. I knew day one. I'm like, I got to hire people to do this yeah. shit for me, oh, yeah. which is expensive, right? It's not easy to hire. It's not easy to hire high, high end talent because oh, yeah. you know, they want to get paid high. Yeah. They want great benefits. They want all this shit. And it's like, that shit costs money. Oh yeah. Uh, but I, that was one of the things that I, you know, I made a, I made a focus on maybe about two years ago, but I'm going to be home at five. Like I'm trying to be home at five. I mean, there's some days where I'm not yeah. some days it's five 30, but mm-hmm. I try to be home by five o'clock every day and have dinner with my kids. Good. And now like, you know, I've been leaving a little bit earlier cause I do some of the training stuff in the morning, but I've yeah. been trying to like be able to be there. Like my kids need to go to school, um, making sure like, you know, yesterday I had to take off to do some, pick up my kids somewhere. I'm like, I just want to be available because there's no point to work your life away. Right. If, if you don't get to enjoy the, the important things. And oh, yeah. I know for me, I got three little ones and those are, those are important to me. That's like, that's my priority as well. Absolutely. So it sounds like you're getting to that point now where you can yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. Not taking a foot off the, you know, pedal to metal kind of thing, but it's more like, all right, reprioritize because before you know it, those kids are grown. Right. Yeah. And I got a kid, you know, she's almost 12 going in the preteen shit. And I'm like, going on Oh 21. God, dude, I, <laughs> don't want to miss any more of the time because yeah. th- you don't get that back. You know, you can make a millions of dollars. You can lose millions of dollars. Your health and your family is the only thing that's a re- that's relevant for the reason why you're grinding. Right. But you can't. And I've always put them on the back burner to build the company. Now I'm like, dude, no, because I don't know if God takes, you know, if they we get to live a long life together, hopefully if God lets us, but cherish it while it's there. and honor them you know and now i'm like all right prioritize business honor give them that passion and the and the the guidance and still be there you know do the same for your home you know if you could find that balance it's very hard as an owner entrepreneur you're grinding and you're like dude everything back burner but you know i I said okay well money's gonna come and go i need to be them to love me and i because i love them and for a long time you know not when it's convenient kind of thing so, Mark, it sounds like your journey, you know, has been great. You've gone through some peaks and valleys like any other entrepreneur. I mean, obviously, there's good, the bad, the ugly. And, mm-hmm. you know, coming from the position you came from, and you can say nothing more than you are a success, an American success story. Thank so, you. you know, congrats on everything that you've built with your business. 
I always like to ask if I bring on other entrepreneurs, if there's someone out there that's thinking about starting a business, what, what would you say to them? What were, where would you, what would be the first couple things that you would do if you can start over as an entrepreneur? God, there's so many lessons, so many lessons that I've learned. <laughs> Fucking millions of dollars. Oh, in lessons. <laughs> yeah. Like you're going to write a book. I'm going to write a bunch too. Um, understand like why you're doing it because my position i fell like i was forced into it to to hustle and you know whatever and generate money you know but some people have an opportunity if i were to find a great company you know yeah. if i wanted to make a lot of if your end goal is a lot of money are, do you have the discipline and all this stuff of the entrepreneur to be able to go build it because if you don't you're gonna fail yeah and understand if your goal is to make a financial amount of money and you want whatever it is, say, what's the best vehicle to get me there, right? Do I want to build a generational legacy like absolute airflow, you know, and, and that could take care of us for many, you know, generations to come? Cool. That's one way. Do I just want to make a butt ton of money, go home, enjoy my family, not bring home the shit that comes with being an owner yeah. and all that stuff? Identify what it is because if you do... If you can be like honest with yourself and put the ego aside, you don't want the fucking fame and glory because there's a lot that comes with that. A lot. <laughs> I've seen you, so I can only imagine. But uh, if you could be honest with yourself and understand those two different things, fucking go grind, you know, and, and honor the, if you work for a company, give it your all, give it 110%. Because when you do, you have both feet in, you don't got, you know, looking over the fence over here. And the more energy and effort that you could focus in one area, the company, and give it your all, that shit comes back. It's a law of the universe. It's, it's in the Bible how you know things come and circulate. Um, give it your all. And if you say, I don't want to work for a company, then you'll know right away. And you say, okay, I'm going to go build my own thing, and I'm going to sacrifice everything it takes. But to be truly successful at the end of all of this, right? You could build something as great yeah. and big as Absolute or, you know, another ghetto or a prodigy. And if you have kids aside or a wife, somebody's, something's gonna pay for it, your time and your commitment. So factor all that stuff in before whichever choice you make, because ultimately when you're an old man, you wanna look back and say, I built a, you know, generational wealth or legacy in the business. I but my kids are still here and they love me and yeah. my wife's still here and they love me right on my deathbed not dude i hated my father he was never there you know so, so factor those things in so you can have that fulfilled life i was talking to um to landon brewer the other day we went to dinner and, and i was talking to him and he was telling me he's like the person that he looked up to and the person he, he aspired to be was his grandpa mm. he didn't know his grandpa nah. he, he knew him but he was just a little kid sure. right and the one thing he said he's like when my grandpa died everybody like hundreds and hundreds of people just right. poured in and said that guy changed my life and that's yeah. who he is and and everybody in the whole family like that's like the the guy that everybody in the family talks about yeah. that thanks for building the legacy they have and you know that's the kind you want to be able to build right like he built a legacy but he built a legacy with his family he built a legacy where it's not just him it was it, he he helped so many people and I think that's that's kind of what obviously what my goal is going forward. I'm like, man, I, when I when I die, I want people to say, dude, that guy fucking changed my life. Yeah. That guy helped me, right? But there's also there is something that comes in that, like you were saying, like it is there's a lot of sacrifice that comes. In. I'm a, I'm under a microscope constantly now, mm -hmm. right? And I have to watch everything that I do. And yeah. there's always going to be someone that's going to try to beat you down, right? Sure. 
But there's the other lifestyle where I have, you know, plenty of my friends that are, you know, they're running a couple million dollars a year. You know, I got a couple of buddies that are like, you know, three, four million dollars a year. They're making a million dollars a year. They go surfing, they go relax. Yeah. And that might be your lifestyle. And it's hard mm-hmm. into a social media age where you see everybody else doing this. And you may, you want to do that. You want yeah. to chase that. But you don't understand what goes on behind the scenes and what it takes to do that. Uh-huh. So like Mark said, figure out exactly what your goal is and figure out where you, how you paint your perfect life and then reverse engineer how it's going to take to get there. Cause it might not be being a, you know, Ken Goodrich and it might not be being me, but it could be just being a you know a great plumber for your community and, and have great employees and be able to, your employees come and go, get off early and, and just enjoy your life. So figure out what you want, figure out what you, what you want to get out of it and then just put your effort in day in and day out. And then every one of you guys has a chance to be successful. Mark, it's been a pleasure, man. I think, uh, you know, learning a little bit more about you has been pretty cool. You're in my backyard. Yeah. Uh, and I don't look at my, my competitors as competitors. I think like all of us have to work together. Yeah. We all have a hard job. There's enough work out there for everybody. And I think it's the more people that can interact with each other, especially in your same market, faster you guys can grow together. So, Mark, thanks for coming on. Um, hope to see you in Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. We'll uh, be out there. <laughs> Mark, Mark's going to be out there at the Service Rocket Grill Summit. So come up and shake his hand, meet him. Uh, He's thanks. a great dude. Uh, he put some hypnosis on you, make you turn into a real man. So it's going to be pretty great. <laughs> All right, Mark, thank you so much. Thank you guys for tuning thanks, in for the you. Service Rocket Podcast, episode number five. Uh, we have an exciting one coming up. Uh, Dan Antonelli is going to be joining me talking about his new book, uh, Branding Your Business. Uh, I'm excited to have him back on the podcast, what he's been doing. So tune in next week for that. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, thanks again, Mark. You are the man. Thanks, guys.